Welcome to One Cause Church. We hope you enjoy this inspirational message. Man, I had a great weekend. Had a great week. It was a busy one. It was a busy one, but I had a great week. I had, I had a real good week. I found this. I found the greatest shirt ever this week. I went into Walmart. It, okay, yeah, I go to Walmart. It's all right. You know, it makes me feel good about myself, really. I mean, what? Well, I mean, look, I, I'm probably, you know, a solid six, six and a half, seven, maybe. I go into Walmart. I'm a nine, a nine and a half. I guarantee it. What's, what's wrong with that? I mean... A little self-motivating, you know, be around the people in Walmart. It's, it's all right. Y'all seen those videos? Y'all, y'all act like, I don't know what he's talking about. Y'all seen those people of Walmart things on the Internet yet? You haven't? Oh, man, you, you're missing out. That's great stuff. Like, entertain me for hours. He's like, Pastor didn't get a sermon done. He's watching people at Walmart. It's, hey, it's, it's all right. I got, the, I got the greatest shirt ever. I went in there. I was just... I wasn't going in there for that, and I walked by and I saw this shirt and whoa, back up, kids, kids, come here, come here. I'm I, I actually got. I'm, I'm not going to take this off. I don't want to. No, we we don't we don't do that in church. But it says Texas born, kingdom bound. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. And you know you got that Texas pride going on. Y'all y'all here that ain't from Texas. It's all right. It, it's it's all right, you know. We we love y'all too, but you know Texans, we got that Texan pride. I had a good friend over in Germany. Went there in the military, and his wife worked in a, a restaurant. And everybody would come in there. She'd say, "Where are you from?" And they'd say, "I'm from Poland, or uh, I'm from Switzerland." Uh, but the people from America be like, "Where are you from?" America. When a Texan come in, he'd say, "Where are you from?" I'm from Texas. It's it's just something ingrained in us, you know, and. You see something like this, and you get that Texas pride going. People from outside of Texas, they look at it a little bit differently. They're like, I don't, I don't get that, you know. But, but I, I see it a little differently. I have a, uh, I was listening to the song last week, and it's all about point of views. Uh, anybody like country music? Uh, okay, quite a few. Well, there's this band called, can I say whiskey in here? Come on. So Whiskey Myers, you know, great, great band. They're talented guys, and they got this song called Broken Window Serenade. And they talk about uh, looking through that broken window and seeing a different point of view. And it just made so much sense to me right then. The Lord flooded my mind with these things. And he said, you know, when you're looking at something, it all matters what's in front of you on how you're going to view that thing. What's going on in your life? What's going on around you? And that is totally going to mold how you view that situation. It's going to happen with multiple things in our lives. We're going to view different situations differently by what's going on around us, how we were raised, who we are around at the time, the things being fed into our mind. All these things gather on us, and it's like a window in front of us. And it changes our perception on how we view things. Anybody ever been there? First John 3, 1 and 2. Let's turn to 1 John 3. Our viewpoint is everything. Our viewpoint can change everything about us, everything about the people around us, how we affect people, how we raise our children, our jobs. Our viewpoint can change everything. You ever been around that negative person that everything, everything is negative? They just drag you down. 
Then you ever be around that super positive person? You're like, if he is that positive this morning before I get coffee, I am going to slap him. I, I mean, wait, that, that came out wrong. <laughs> no, it didn't. No, it didn't. We can be honest in here. You know, you got that super on a positive person that's just real bubbly, and you know when they go home, they just go home, and they got like nine cats, and they, you're like, you cannot be this happy all the time. Something's going on. Hey, four's fine. I had like six. That's, that's fine. But, but you know, uh, you just get around these people and they can affect you one way, or, one way or another. But it's all in how we view it. 1 John 3, 1 and 2. I'm going to read this out of the NIV. Uh, had a lady years ago go up to a mall pastor and uh, she said, I don't know why you read out of the NIV. King James is good enough for the disciples. It's good enough for me. Let that sink in for a second. Just, just let, let that sink in. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. 1 John 3, 1 and 2. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called the children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Dear friends... Now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known. But what we know, that when Christ appears, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. Some things have not made known, and how we view things makes a very big difference. But we should know who we are right now. That is very evident to us, who we are right now. But the enemy, he tries to sneak in and he tries to change our view of certain things. There are many things he changes and he tries to tell us lies. So the fact is, I've been lied to. Anybody been lied to? Nobody. I'm the only Man, I, I feel bad now running around getting, I feel like a dope running around getting lied to. Nobody else getting lied to but me. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Well, I've, I've been lied to. The enemy has lied to me in every way possible. He sneaks in and he finds that one little spot, that one little spot, and he wants to tell you that lie. He wants to stick that dagger in and turn it. Let you feel that and stick it a little farther. But, you know, you put on your, your armor of God, but you're like, no, righteousness, no, I'm good. Leave that breastplate off. I'll, I'll be fine. Well, he knows exactly what you left off. And that's exactly where he's going to go after. He knows that chink in the armor. That one little weak spot. And that's where he's going to attack you. He knows those weak spots. So it's very important for us to surround ourselves and build up. Build up everything about ourselves. You know, when they talk about the, the full armor of God, it's a full armor for a reason. Full armor for a reason. We've got to build that up to be able to withstand all these things. Some of the biggest lies he tells us, I'm going to go through these. Number one is, he tells us a lie on our view of God. Who God really is. You ever, you ever hear one of those old time preachers, you know, God is going to strike you down, he hates you, and this and that, and it, he tries to get us instilled in us that God is out to destroy us. 
and that Jesus only intervenes on our behalf to save us from this wrathful God. You know the, he'll strike me dead God if I go into church. You ever heard that one? Oh no, the, the church will fall down, lightning will strike me down, all these things. You've all heard of them. Invite somebody to church, oh I can't go in there. Can't go in there. Well I'm in here so you, you're probably alright. So, You know, I, I know my past. I, hey, I'm an open book. I know my past, but I know where my past is. It's behind me. Amen? Amen. It's not something I carry with me. I leave that where it's supposed to be. But you always get that, that lie. Oh, no, we got that God who's vengeful and wrathful and he just wants to destroy you. What did we read up here a second ago? What was that, what was that video about? Love. What does the word say? If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Jesus says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And we know that he's love. We know that he's love. So why do we have this twisted view on God? Because the enemy wants to plant that in you. He wants you to think that, oh no, I better, I better watch every single thing and be sin conscious instead of love conscious. Running around sin conscious Oh, I don't want to mess up. I don't want to do this. I don't, I don't want to anger this terrible God that we have. No, we have a loving Father. I remember when I was a kid, you know, I'd mess up. And, you know, of course, my dad would be upset. But he wouldn't, he wouldn't throw something at me and strike me down most of the time. <laughs> no, he, 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 was, he was a very loving man. And he'd come sit me on his lap and he'd say, Son, I don't like what you did. But I still love you. I still love you. You know? And so, I heard this sermon years ago. Uh, I'm trying to think of the guy's name. He was from CFNI, but he talked about being a father pleaser. About losing the sin consciousness. And no longer having that within us where we want to just run from him every chance we get because we're worried about the things we're doing but actually living in a way to please the father you know instead of living in that way to where oh i gotta do this because i want to get to heaven i want to get to heaven placing heaven as this goal this lofty goal up here instead just living in a way that's pleasing to the father doesn't it make sense just please the Father. When you're growing up and you're playing baseball, I'd go out there and I didn't care what my teammate thought. You know, I'd go up there to bat and I said, man, I, I want to hit this ball so hard. And it wasn't that I wanted to hit it hard because I wanted to hit it hard. It wasn't because I wanted my teammates to see me hit it hard or the umpires or coaches. No, my dad was sitting back there watching. And I wanted to show him what I could do. I wanted, I wanted to show him, look how far I can hit the ball. Look how fast. Well, not really. I wasn't very fast, trust me. But uh, y'all laughing at me. I'm opening up to y'all and y'all are laughing at me. No, no it's all right. Y'all know I ain't very fast either. It's all right. Uh, you don't, you don't uh, get this body without a few slow trips here and there. That's all right. <laughs> but, you know, it was all about pleasing my father wanted to please him it wasn't about these lofty goals oh i want to hit 400 this year and i want 32 rbis no i'm not setting these huge lofty goals i just want to play in a way that pleases my father 
you know, one thing he didn't put up with is arguing with the ump. If it, if he called it a ball, then it's a ball, and you, you know, if he called it a strike, then it's a strike, and you go sit down. You know, don't turn around and argue with him. Give that man respect. You know, just these things that he instilled in me that were tough to handle it sometimes because sometimes he would be out the one, that wasn't a ball. I'm like, wait, you told me not to come out here and argue with that. He's like, I got this. You know, sometimes our father intervenes on our behalf. It's not for us to know that we have to step into these situations. Just let go and let God. Leave it to Him. He's going to intervene on our behalf to take care of most of these situations if we just give it over to Him. Amen. Amen. Man. You know, this view of God that is so distorted, that He doesn't love us, that He wants to strike us down. What does John 3.16 say? For God so what? loved the world. It's every one of you. He didn't do it because he likes the trees and the dirt and all that. No, not the world. You, right here. The people out there, even the ones who have not been saved. He loved. He loved the world. He loved his creation. He loved. We've got to get that in our minds, that he loves us. Looks like they're having fun back there. We've got to get that in our minds that He truly loves us. That's not something we're going to carry with us and think that we're going to be struck down. No, we know we have a God who loves us and that we can come to Him with anything. You know, I, I love it when people are able to come to me when they trust me and when they know that I love them. Because I love every one of you. They can come to me with those things. And there are certain people I go to with things on my heart because I know they love me and I can go with them to these things. Know that God loves you. You can take whatever you have to Him. Nothing is too big. Nothing is too small. He says, acknowledge me in all ways and I'll direct your path. Not just some ways, not little things or big things. Acknowledge Him in all ways. Take all your cares, all your concerns, all your worries to Him. Place them on Him. Place it on Him. We, we get that distorted view sometimes. Get that distorted view. Living in DeLeon, they have a festival every year. I used to take the kids to it every year. Uh, when I was young, it was totally different because I was a kid and it was great. Once I got a little older, not so much because it was like, you know, oh, I'm going to go here and spend 100 bucks. I'm going to walk around in August and in the heat, you know. But they had the Peach and Melon Festival. I'm sure a lot of y'all have heard of it. It's over. It's the longest running festival in Texas now, over 100 years old. Yeah, we'd go to these things, and you know, boy, my size walking by a, uh, uh, you know, those funnel cakes about six different times. It, it was tough. It was tough. The willpower, just you know, it's, it's a bat. You know, the battle is real. You know, <laughs> but you'd go there, and yeah, yeah, it's tough. It's terrible. You go there and it would be dusty and, you know, middle of August, you know, and you're like, kids, we'll go about 8. They're like, we want to go about 5. You're like, no, not till the sun sets. This ain't happening. I've been at work all day. I don't go walk around in the heat and the dust anymore. 
would go there in dust blowing around, walking by all these things. Guys everywhere trying to get you to play their game. Oh, here, I'll give you, you know, five throws for a dollar. Well, well, yeah, I think you just glued that thing down there. I, I don't think I could knock it over. I saw you was super glued a minute ago. I'm not sure how this game works, but I haven't seen anybody win in two weeks. So you go through all these things, and then you come to the fun house. Anybody remember the fun house? You know, you got the, the carousel through it, and you go in there, all the crazy stuff. And the kids always love, Dad, come over here. And we stand in front of that mirror. You know, the crazy curved mirror, you know, makes you look all different. That's how our distorted view is. Who you see in that mirror, is that truly who you are? Is that truly who you are? No. No, just because you see something, just because it seems tangible, isn't necessarily the way it is. Sometimes it's not the way you see things because our view gets distorted by certain things. Things going on in our lives, people around us. Another thing that our view gets distorted on is our view of others. How we view other people. He plants lies to destroy our friendships, to destroy our marriages, to destroy the relationship with people at our jobs. Anybody have that person in their life who likes to gossip and spread the rumors, do all those things? I'm going to tell you right now, keep your circle tight. That's very important. Keep your circle tight. You know, I, I have a lot of people that I'm, I'm close with, but I'm very picky about who I'm close with. I'm not going to let anybody into my circle because I've seen the damage that certain people can do once within that circle. They can reach out and they can plant these seeds. Plant these little seeds and then next time they see you, you're going to grow them and water them and water them and pretty soon this starts to sprout and, and take life in your marriage and starts to sprout up and get a separation between you and your spouse or between you and a close friend. You, get, you have a close friend you grew up with but something minor happened. Something minor happened. Something was said or something was done and we took offense to it or they did. And most of the time it was this distorted view of the situation. And because of that, you're no longer friends. No longer married. Whatever it might be. These things start to seep in. We leave these openings. They start to grow and they start to push things apart. We've got to be careful who we let in, what we let in, so these things don't happen. Keep a tight circle. He finds the best ways. And he won't do it all at once. Won't do it all at once. He'll find that that little crease. And he'll plant something in there. And then it'll start to separate. A little crack opens up. A little crack opens up. And over time, it starts to come together. There was a guy in... uh, uh, He built this beautiful 24-bedroom house in... uh, was it, uh, I wrote it down, uh, Bayou Pierre in Louisiana, 24 bedroom. He was going to build it in Lexington, Kentucky, where all his family is from, but he realized, man, I can build it so much cheaper in Louisiana uh, at Bayou Pierre. I can get labor cheaper. You know, this is about 100 years ago. So he builds it down there. But what he didn't do is, number one, he didn't have a solid foundation. 
didn't have a solid foundation, which we all need. And that's what we're getting right here. Pouring ourselves into the Word. Laying that foundation. The foundation laid will make everything that's built on top of it stronger. He didn't have a solid foundation to start with. And then he started, he built this beautiful home, 24 bedrooms. He had slaves, he had all these things. And, but one thing he didn't do is he didn't properly maintain it. Didn't properly maintain this house that started off on a bad foundation. Without proper maintenance, without putting yourself into the word, knowing what God has for you, these little cracks start to develop. We don't properly maintain what we have, whether it be our marriage or friendships or our relationship with God. We've got to properly maintain it, stay inside the word, praying, reading the word, pray, read the word, pray. Maintain that. And pretty soon these cracks started to develop and, and he just denied it was there. You ever have something going on in your life and you're just like, no, it's, it's, it's really not that bad. I'm just going just gonna to let it go. I'm not going not gonna to do anything about it. Well, that's how he was about this house. And after less than 25 years, this house fell down. 24-bedroom home collapsed. Number one, because he didn't have a good foundation under it. He didn't maintain it. And then he wasn't honest with himself about the disrepair that it was in. Sometimes it's hard to be honest with ourselves. I find that hard sometimes. Tell myself, no, it's fine. It'll be fine. Sometimes it's not fine. Sometimes we need to step up and do something about it. Somebody in our lives, something happening in our lives. Confrontation is not always a fun thing. Confrontation is not always a fun thing, but sometimes it needs to happen. Sometimes you have to stand up for the things going on in your life. You know? My dad was big about that. He was, you know, he was one of the man's man type guys. He said, something going on in your life, boy, you better get out there and handle it. Okay, Dad, calm down. It's all right, you know. And I'm more of a laid-back person. You know, if I see something going on, yeah, I'm going to say something. But I'm not going to go about it like he would. You know, I'm going to leave the gun at home. Y'all think I'm joking? (laughs) Oh. But we got to watch out for these little cracks. And I'd say one of the most important, keep a watch over your heart, a tight watch over your heart, because what goes in there can affect everything. You know, you can see inside of a person's heart, you spend a little time with them, what does the word say about it? What does the word say? Out of, uh, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaketh. These little things that you catch on, you've got that person you'll be talking to, and every once in a while they'll say something, and you're like, where'd that come from? That was weird. You know what? That's out of character for them. And then you hear another one and another one, and then you realize, well, maybe what my distorted view I have of them right now is not really their true character. i got a cousin like that. I grew up around this person, and I thought, Man, I, I think I know their true character. And I kept, every time I'm around them, hear something, hear something. I'm like, man, there's, there's something up. And it found out I was right. Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaketh. 
you listen to somebody long enough and you'll truly realize what's overflowing out of their heart, what's planted deep within them. Just cover your heart tightly. Watch out for what gets placed in there. I used to have a pastor that says, man, my heart and my soul, they're not a dumpster. Don't be putting trash in there. There's a lot of wisdom to that. You know, as, as down to earth as a common it might be, there's a lot of wisdom in that. Watch what goes in. Brooklyn and I were riding down the road the other day, and uh, we were listening to this song. It's called Slow Fade. Anybody ever heard that song? Great song. Well, at the end, she hears this little kid singing. She's like, I know that. You know, be careful, little hands, what you touch. Because the Father up above is looking down in love. Be careful, little hands, what you touch. And it goes through hands, ears, nose, mouth, all these things, you know. And she loves to sing this, and it's very important. It's very important. And we talked about this as she's singing this. I said, do you know why you're singing this song? She said, well, I guess. And I said, no. God is watching you, and He wants you to be successful. He wants you to have all these things, you know. People, people back in the day said, oh, you better not have a house. You know, you're going to go to hell. You better not have a swimming pool. Oh, they got a swimming pool. They're bad, you know. And just because somebody had material possessions, they thought these people were going to hell or were bad people. God wants you to have possessions. He just doesn't want your possessions to possess you. Do you understand what I'm saying? He wants you to have stuff. He just doesn't want it to take over your life. He doesn't want it to take away from the relationship that you are developing with Him or with your children or with your spouse. It's okay to have possessions. It's okay to have nice stuff. There ain't nothing wrong with that. But don't let that take precedence over what you have to do. Don't let that turn your view. I realized a little thing in my life is uh, TV. I, I had my TV shut off because I realized I, instead of going home, I'm not saying go turn your TV off. You, somebody, your kids or your wife is going to shoot you if you do so. Don't do that. I, I'm telling you now. But I, I turned mine off just because I was, first off, it was like $100 a month. I was watching one hour a week. What is that, like $25 an hour? Man, I wish, not a bad gig. Well, second off, I would go home and instead of getting out the Bible and reading and studying, <coughs> doing these things, I'd turn the TV on. All these distractions. Now with the internet age, there's so many distractions. Guard your heart. Don't let these things attack your heart. Don't let them take precedence over you. The biggest one of all. He likes to get in there and tell us lies about who we are how we view ourselves. Your view of yourself is very important. Very important. Some of the biggest lies he tells you, and you're probably going to hear one of these and go, yeah. Biggest lies he tells us about ourselves are, you're not, you're not smart enough. You're not attractive enough. You're too old. You're too young. You don't deserve that. Or one of the biggest you can't be effective for Him because of your past. You can't be effective for Him because of your past. And these are all lies. And we, we get in this mode where we believe every one of them. He plants that in our head and we think, oh, that's God telling us that. No, God says there is no condemnation in me. He's not going to put condemning thoughts in your head. That's not from Him. 
when you hear one of these lies creeping into your life, don't let that stay. Say, Lord, remove this from my mind because I know it's not from you. You don't have to carry that with you. Your past is in your past. Leave it there. These these things, he, he tries to lie to us and he tries to run us down and he tries to give us anxiety and fear and depression and all these things because of how we view ourselves. It, it doesn't matter how he views us. It doesn't matter how people view you. All that matters is how God views you. That's the important part. How does he view you? We love to see how other views people view us and we believe that. Do we believe do, do you believe that you're saved? Do you believe that you're saved? Then why can't you believe every other promise God has for you in his word? That's the question I ask myself. If I believe in my salvation so much, why can't I be honest and believe every other promise he has for me in his word? He has a lot of them. And every one of them have been laid there for me. Why should I not believe them? There's no good reason not to. We've got to realize who we are. Who does God say I am? John 1.12 says I am a child of God. John 15.15 says I am a friend of Jesus. Romans 3.24 says I have been justified and redeemed. Romans 6.6 6 says, The old self was crucified with Christ, and I am no longer a slave to sin. Romans 8.1 says, I will not be condemned by God. Romans 8.2 says, I have been set free from the law of sin and death. Romans 8.17 says, As a child of God, I am a fellow heir with Christ. Romans 15.7 says, I have been accepted by Christ. 1 Corinthians 1.2 says, I have been called a saint. 1 Corinthians 1.30 says, In Christ Jesus, I have wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. 1 Corinthians 6.9 6, says, My body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who dwells in me. 1 Corinthians 6.17 says, I am joined to the Lord and I am one with Him. 2 Corinthians 3.14 says, I, The hardening of my mind has been removed in Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, I am a new creature in Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, I have become the righteousness of God in Christ. Galatians 3.28 says, I have been made one with Christ Jesus. Ephesians 1.4 says, I am chosen holy and blameless before God. That is who you are. That is what has been promised to you. If you believe you are saved, if you believe any part of this word, believe those promises. Believe that that is who you are. Not the lies being put into your head. Don't let those lies sink in on you. They're going to hold you down. God has a purpose for you. And to be able to step forward into that purpose, you can't drag all that with you. It's going to slow you down in what you have to do. It's going to weigh you down. Don't carry all that with you. Put it behind you where it belongs. The enemy's already been defeated. 
Don't let him creep into your life. Always stand firm in God and what God has said about you and says who you are. Always stand firm in that. Believe what he has said about you. Know your anointing. Know what God has for you. Always know the view of God, the view of others, and the view of yourself. Exactly what the Lord has said about him. He's a loving God. He's put others in your life to love them. And that you are righteous and redeemed. Don't let these things go out of your mind. Amen? I challenge you this week. Go throughout your week knowing who you are. Anytime something creeps in your mind, just say, no, no, that, that's not for me. That's not for me. I'm righteous. I'm redeemed. I'm holy. And I'm going to walk in that this week. Amen. I'm going to walk this out this week. I have the Spirit of God living inside of me. I don't have to carry those things with me. Know who you are. Know exactly who you are and the power that you have. The Word says, The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. Know you have authority as a believer. You have that authority. Don't carry that with you. Lord Jesus, I thank you for everyone here. Lord, I just ask them to be able to walk in the full anointing that you have for them, not carrying with them the weight of sin, the guilt of sin, the condemnation placed on them by the enemy, Lord, that these things can be removed from their lives.
Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.